you know, ready to to take part. I think last year we had 12 teams. So, uh, you know, just everybody was a little skeptical because of the COVID. Yeah. Now we're, we're full throttle. Better. Yeah, we're getting better now. Full throttle. All right, 725 right now. News. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? You're back. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to move that. I moved it over. Got to get a good angle. Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, It's taking me a while to get over this. uh, Oh, it's going to take forever. I should warn you. Yeah. Yeah, is it a head cold? That's what I had. No, chest. Four four days on antibiotics already. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, fa- I found the nasal drip uh, because the sinuses will last for like, actually, the pharmacist told me months. <laughs> she said, you'll not get over it anytime mm. soon. Ugh. Ugh, I know. That's yeah. not cool. Something to get uh, to get excited about. Mm. Anyway. Right, what, do you, what do you got for us today? Um, so the RCAPS is asking for help locating um, some young ladies. Well, they had two and they located one. So they are still looking for, um, I think this young lady has gone MIA a few times, um, but they're still looking for two Bodentown teens. So um, still missing is Gemma Watson, age 16. Shania Beckford, age 14, was located late last night, looks like. Um, so the two were last seen on Olympic Way in Georgetown on Friday afternoon. Okay. I don't know, I don't know why they always wait so late to report them missing, but anyway. Um, Gemma is described as 5'7", brown complexion, brown eyes, and short black hair. Hmm. Last uh, seen wearing a gray long sleeve camouflage shirt and knee-length black tights. Normally when they go missing, they end up messaging CMR about, why do you have us up as missing? And I'm like, uh, maybe you need to tell your family where you are. <laughs> you know, contact right. the police, something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'll, they'll probably be found safely, but you know, we always want to take every incident, um, seriously. Yeah. So we also, right. Like what are they? Yeah. They're teenagers, you know, 16. Yeah, they are. They are, um, teenagers. So, um, we have, um, you know, obviously the whole situation with Hurricane Ian, still being watched very, very carefully. We're happy to report that um, all Caymanians living in Florida have been accounted for. Uh, There was a number of people who um, obviously were somewhat impacted by this, but most said that they just had minor property damage. Uh, We have a lot of Caymanians everywhere from Tampa to, I mean, straight through all Florida. Um, So yeah, they, Kevin Watley created a, a group during the storm Mm-hmm. to just keep in contact with everyone. Some people are sheltering in place together and so on. And so everyone's fine. Um, you know, some people had some flooding and so on, but other than that, they're just fine. Um, so good news, I guess. Of course, the death toll continues to increase as a result of, of Hurricane Ian. I was shocked at the, uh, the number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The death toll number. That's wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember. Did, did Andrew? I don't think Andrew killed that many people, right? I don't remember Andrew being. I think Andrew did a lot of property damage, but I don't recall how many people died during um, Hurricane Andrew. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. sad when you have so many resources and, and days to prepare and know and, and be able to evacuate if you want to. Yeah. Some people don't. 
Yeah, and some people, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole story behind that, but some people saying that they um couldn't really evacuate, like for different reasons. So there might have been on the face of it, you think just get out. And they were saying that no, it wasn't quite as easy as that. So there was a story know. where I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh there was a guy that was bedridden, like in a hospital bed in his house, like he was yeah, uh, basically living in his living room. Right. And the wife was like I can't move you. You're oh my God. confined to your bed. She's worried about the flooding. Uh-huh. She put a life preserver around his neck, and she went up on the second floor. It was like, oh good luck. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yeah. That was on the nightly news, actually. That was a and... crazy story. And she wasn't able to get anybody to help her. I mean, sometimes it's, it's just. okay, though. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there's some really crazy stories that have emerged. Um, I was just reading this morning. Unfortunately, a lady died. She was visiting the area for her birthday, for her 40th birthday. And she died when the roof collapsed on her, but it wasn't the roof that killed her. It was a nail that pierced her heart. Oh, wow. Just so crazy. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like, uh, But uh, our thoughts and prayers are definitely going out to all the people um, in Florida. So the police have been working hard. They said that they've arrested three men, ages 25, 31, and 41. Um, all of, uh, well, one of Cayman Brack, <clears throat> one of Georgetown, and one of West Bay. And then another Montana man, age 45, is formally charged with burglary. So they've arrested the first three um, in possession, one in possession of an unlicensed firearm, robbery, and conspiracy to commit robbery. Hmm. And um, he's been remanded pending further investigations. And uh, the 41-year-old was arrested a few days later on September 27th. He's been charged with robbery and conspiracy to commit robbery. And the 25-year-old arrested as well with um, conspiracy to commit robbery. So... All of these men, or well, two of them, I should say, in relation to Dorsey Drive service station robbery that took place um, on March the 29th. So the police are making some headways. That's good news. So, um, you know, people out there might want to think twice about the life of crime. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm sure you guys might have talked about this Indonesia football stampede. Uh, we didn't talk about it yet, but I read about it. Ugh, so horrific. Yeah. So bit of, bit of sad news. 125 people killed in Indonesia. No, 174. It's gone up now? Oh, yeah. my gosh. It was a Premier League Ugh. game and they just between all... two Indonesian uh, teams. And there was some fighting. And then the cops came in and dispersed tear gas, which is illegal in any FIFA uh, game. Mm. Uh, but they did it anyway, and it caused a... The stampede. Uh, I was going to say, everyone was trying to run to get away from it. Yeah. And so because of... Terrible. It's 174 people got... Trampled. Trampled. And Mm -hmm. by the way, this is where the... I I think I read it right. The World Cup final is supposed to be. And now they're going, "Uh, I don't know about that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you're absolutely right. Um, There's no firearms or control... control. Yeah, according to FIFA... There's no firearms or crowd control gas um, should be carried or used by any stewards or police. And so this is really, really a horrific situation. Um, So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So the FIFA under 20 World Cup is supposed to be hosted there in May and June of next year. I I think, yeah, I think they're going to be, um, you know, they were one of three countries bidding to stage next year's Asian Cup. Mm. which is the constant equivalent of the Euro Cup after China pulled out as host. So, huh. um, yeah, might not get that after all. 
very, very sad situation. So our thoughts definitely go out to the people of, um, of Indonesia. And finally, 120 Cuban nationals were repatriated from Florida after Hurricane Ian. Yeah. So, um, yes, the um, Coast Guard and Florida officials um, have said that they have sent back, uh, you know, 120 persons. Keep in mind that <clears throat> there was a vessel of 20 people that went missing off the coast um, during Hurricane Ian. And so I think that those people are still missing. Mm-hmm. Four of them were able to swim to shore after their vessel ran into some difficulties because of the storm. And, you know, the Coast Guard has said that um, there's at least one, uns- it was at least one uns- unseaworthy vessel that sunk and they're looking for 17 souls and they can only pray um, that the crews find them so that their families and loved ones can, you know, have some assurances. But um, despite that, they still repatriated another 120 because um, I guess they don't have the resources right now, especially. Uh, so they would be de- de- um, repatriated two days after the storm devastated several cities. Wow. Yeah. Pretty All tough. Right. Thanks for the headlines yeah. this morning. You can catch Sandy right now on Bobo 89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Have a good one. You too. Later. All right, folks. Uh, beautiful Monday morning. Good morning. Good morning to everybody in Bobo. Let's kick off the cold hard truth. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. beautiful people happy monday hope you guys are doing well the first monday of october can you believe it (laughs) yes if you've got kids in your household they're probably like mine already thinking about trick-or-treating um simply because they want candy (laughs) no other reason really but uh they've definitely associated candy with trick-or-treating so don't forget webster's estate has reopened uh, they're trick-or-treating, um, you know, uh, what, what would we call it? Activities. So uh, you can go trick-or-treating there. They're going to open up the gates, have candy for everybody, have decorations, all that fun stuff. So if you're interested in a safe place um, to take the kids, I find that that one is always fantastic. You can just, uh, you know, get in and out within a couple hours normally. And they're very, very generous with the chocolates and other candy and they decorate and the kids have a really good time in a fun area. So there's some areas around that are known for doing it. Um, You know, Jason Avenue here in Savannah is normally pretty busy. 
You've got, um, what else? Uh, West Bay Road has a couple of places. I think Commander Bay, sometimes some of the merchants do stuff as well. And kids can get to dress up. So I don't know, what are what are the hot costumes this year? Is there anything that's like super exciting for kids? I have no idea. I think, I think Gigi made a request, but oh gosh, I can't even remember what her request was now. Anyway, um, I feel like I need to have a segment on this program called uh, Gigi's Corner or something because <laughs> y'all did not prepare me for some of the antics of, uh, of these children, honey chill. Uh-uh. There's something else. So we had a little situation on Friday, stealing chocolate again. This time she gave it back to the person. Oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. Well, I got the message. Gigi stole chocolate today at school. I was like, what? So, um, you know, kids, they always think that they can blame it on somebody else. Actually, adults do that too, don't they? Hmm. <laughs> so she's like, well, my little friend. I said, uh, 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 uh. I care not what your friend did. Uh, this has nothing to do with your friend. I said, you know, you, you remember what our parents used to tell us? Your friend tells you to go jump off a bridge. You're going to do it too. And so we see the excuses starting at a really early age, trying to blame it on peer pressure. My friend dared me to do it. And I said, listen, it's not your friend that's going to be punished by us. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to your friend. But don't ever use that as an excuse. I said, your friends have nothing to do with your behavior. You decide what you're going to do in life. And you got to really reinforce these messages early on, folks, with kids, because Lord knows. Mm -mm. So I told her, I said, listen, y'all. I said, listen, honey, you know what happened to people who steal? They end up in jail and they end up on Mall Road. So if I were you, I would think twice about that as a career. And she says, she says to me, no, it's not going to be me that's stealing it. It's going to be Elmo. So I said, well, Elmo's going to end up in jail too. She was like, what? Are you going to put him in handcuffs? And are the police going to come for him? I said, yep. All of that, handcuffs, uh, jail time. And then she's like, well, can he just stay in the playroom and not go to jail? I said, no, I'm going to call the police on Elmo if you claim he did it which we know it wasn't really Elmo. And then Elmo's going to be off to jail. And she thought about it for a minute. She's like, oh my gosh, I don't think she wanted Elmo to go to jail either. So um, we have made it very, very clear. You can't steal whether it's chocolate or money or anything else. It's some principle that matters. Got to cut it out. And you got to nip it in the bud, I think, with young children. So the teacher was telling me that when she was a kid, she went in the store and she wanted some candy and her mom said no. And she picked it up anyway and stole it. And then when her mom discovered uh, a little ways up the road, she looked in the river mirror and saw her eating the candy. She snapped on the brakes, turned back around, took her back in the store and yelled at the top of her voice, my daughter is a thief. She stole some candy. Now, this is before the internet existed. So, you know, now what parents do is they shame the kids on the internet. <laughs> they put them on Facebook. And say, look, they, they're shaming the very dogs on Facebook. Have you guys seen these videos and photos and stuff where they shame the dogs um, with all these pictures of, you know, them stealing treats or misbehaving or whatever? Well, she said her mom 
like marched her back in that store and made a grand announcement that she had stolen this chocolate. And she said she was so embarrassed. She was probably like maybe, I don't know, seven or eight or whatever. And she never stole anything again. So sometimes embarrassment works. Trust me. Every time I go to court, I see people. Um, sometimes I don't even pay them any mind, but the staff will tell me, oh my God, did you just see the look on that defendant's face? And they always say to me, like, they believe the defendants are more afraid of CMR than they are of the court, like of actually going to jail or whatever. They just don't want the public embarrassment of being in the news. And I said, well, maybe it'll be a deterrent for them. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we had a young man last week who it looks like he stole this cell phone and then selling it on EK Trade. So folks, just a word of warning. If you purchase a phone from any of these online sites or whatever, uh, make sure that the person opens the phone in front of you and demonstrates that it is completely unlocked and open because iPhone has pretty good security, I must say, on their phones where if you're not the original owner, even if you try to to reset it and wipe it, when it comes back up, it's still going to ask the original owner to log in with their iCloud credentials. And if you're not that person and you don't know what those credentials are, there's no way you're going to get past that screen and you're never going to be able to use it. So that is what happened. Um, this young man, you know, um, tried to sell this phone that clearly wasn't his. And it kept coming up saying, you know, this person with this iCloud account, would you please log in? Now, the interesting thing about it is um, the young lady then thought, oh, my God, this isn't um, this isn't uh, it, this isn't his phone, obviously, because if it was, he, he would have unlocked it and cleared it properly. And so, you know, she wanted to get it back to the correct owner. So she sent us all the details. We posted it on social media. And I listened to this hot mess. All of a sudden, he contacts um, her. I'm going to show you guys this picture just in case. Because somebody else said that he's he's done this a number of times. Um, and so, let me just see here. Yeah, so apparently he's done this a number of times. And he, I mean, come on, how many phones can you actually have that you're selling, right? So I'm going to show you guys his picture here. So y'all know him and his little pretty face, honey, chill. So anyway, he, um, she showed the chat conversations between them. And he's like, oh, you know, what's up me? 547-5370, you know, come and pick up the phone, blah, blah, blah. But it says the iPhone is locked to owner. So I don't know who the owner is, but it clearly was not him because if it was him, he would be able to unlock it, right? Anyway, um, we posted up. He has very eyebrows done. I think it's so interesting when young men decide to do their eyebrows and everything. Anyway, he, he decides to um, sell her this phone. Then all of a sudden, the mama's calling. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll buy the phone back from you. Just give us the phone back and you know, give you a full refund. Uh -huh. And then um, can you, can you please um, take down, you know, have CMR take, take the video down. I said, listen to me. I said, first of all, please inform them that you or nobody else controls um, CMR. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have no 
no control over CMR. So that's the first thing you need to tell these people. And the second thing is, um, you know, maybe he should, he should have thought about that before he decided to steal. How about the, how about them apples? Now he's caught red handed and he's claiming that, Oh, it's, he's still telling a lie. And y'all know how I feel about these liars. They just can't get it together. So he is still telling a lie about how um, the phone is, is, is his, he just didn't unlock it. Yeah. Right. So tell me again, why are you now rushing to uh, return the woman's money? If the phone actually is yours, you would just unlock it and wipe it off properly. And that's clearly not what he was willing to do. So I'm going to show y'all his picture. Because, you know, this young man looks like he's got sticky fingers to boot. And so next time you see him advertising anything for sale, you know that he's definitely not a person that you can trust. So here he is. Um, this is him, Shaquan Smith. No clue who Shaquan Smith is, but Shaquan, Shaquan Smith. I believe you have sticky fingers. He says, only in God we trust for him. Calling the Lord's name in vain, not gonna help you know, no way, shape, or how when you're a thief. And this is why when you have a little five or six-year-old stealing chocolate, y'all, you nip it in the bud. You don't allow them to become a Shaquan Smith, where he's a teenager, young man, and st stealing cell phones and selling things that do not belong to him. Now, I don't know. Where Shaquan gets the cell phones from? I don't know if he's finding them, which would be quite advantageous to him, or if he's stealing them and then tries to pawn them off. Uh, but always from a consumer protection perspective, folks, please ensure that um, you are doing your best to protect yourself. Remember last week we had someone going to buy a car and they were robbed? That was a complete setup. People think you're bringing cash. First of all, do not show up anywhere with cash. Right. You go and look at the goods. Yeah. And then you decide if you want it. Don't don't go with cash initially. Um, you go and have a look at it. And if you decide that you want it, then go about um, how are you going to do the transfer? You do it online. There's to be some degree of trust involved, obviously. <clears throat> but if you find the person and you think, OK, this is someone that I can trust. Meet in a public place. Very well lit. Uh huh. Um, so Shaquan gave this woman her $200 back and, um, then he was claiming that, um, let me show you all his picture, honey, Jill. That's, that's him. Let me show you the video. Um, so then Shaquan was like, um, can you please have CMR take this down? Because, um, I, I wasn't really stealing the phone. This, I'm doing my best, um, Michael Jackson voice because he looks like he probably has a little Michael Jackson voice. I wasn't really stealing the phone. I, it's my phone, but um, I can't explain why I didn't properly unlock it and why I'm now returning your money after it's ended up in CMR. iPhone locked owner. On a bad looking iPhone. I don't know. It's an iPhone SS or something. I don't know which model exactly. But iPhones tend to hold their value as well. So when you see someone selling an iPhone really, really cheap, beware. Listen, I've got an iPhone 12 and 13, right? Because I use my phones for work. So, you know, that's a business expense, really. I'm thinking about the 14, but I think I'm going to wait. 
Uh, I came close to, to getting it, but I think I'm going to wait a little bit. Maybe till the 15 or 16 comes out. Although the camera here on the 14 is like really, really good. And that's what I primarily need it for in any event. So um, listen, folks, iPhone goes to great lengths to try to protect their phones, right? So that's why you wipe it and you still can't use it. But they hold their value. So if you go on EK Trade right now, you will see that depending on, on the size of the memory in the phone, even an iPhone 12 is still going for like at least $1,000 or more. Yeah, if it's in good condition. And hey, I'm one of those people who keeps my phones in immaculate condition. So the Pro Max ranges anywhere from $900 to $1,000, depending on the condition of the phone. I keep all of my boxes and everything, honey, chill. So when you get it, it's like literally a brand new phone. Everything, screen protect, everything. Um, so they really, they're like, you know, they're kind of like creme de creme when it comes to phones and they really hold their value. So if you see somebody taking a phone that's normally six, $700, even as a used phone, and they're trying to sell it for $200, just know that something is amiss. So these are all the messages now between the parties. Um, so he says, uh, I think the woman says, oh, I'm at, I'm at excuse bar. And he says, what's up me? That's his WhatsApp number, 547-5370. Um, seven mile road. Where are you? He's moving around. He says, I'm in town now. Uh, can you meet me here? She was smart to meet in a, in a like busy location. Then he's like, Oh, can we meet West Bay road? Send me your number. And she says seven mile shop plaza. So folks be careful. So then he says, all right, I'm coming to you now. I will WhatsApp you. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a conversation that the two of them were having. Yeah, and so he sold her this phone that did not belong to him. Then his mama, whoever his mama is, um, decides to um, come to his rescue. See now where she says shortly after she gets the phone, the phone is locked. It's not just a matter of the phone locked. The phone it cannot be, um, Unlocked. So it's not that the, it's like, okay, you lock your phone. This isn't locking the phone. This is someone has tried to reset the phone. And in order to properly reset it, it's locked to owner. It's not just that the screen is locked and, oh, give me your password. This is a, this is a situation where you're trying to take ownership of this phone and you cannot do so because uh, he's not the owner of the phone. So then his mom was like, oh, we'll give you $200 back. And tell CMR to take it down. Honey, chill. I feel sorry for you. Good morning, Miss Vernita. Good morning to June, Marshall, Melita. Uh, Kail, is that how you pronounce your name? Good morning to you. Um, Wee Wee, anybody has a thief in the family? Morning, Carmely, Sophia. Um, how do you deal with, with kids who steal? The thing to not do is to cover up for them. I can tell you all that right now. Do not cover up for your kids. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You're only going to make it worse because they think they can keep getting away with it. All right, Miss Beulah, Olivia. Uh -huh. Make them deal with the consequences of their actions. Huh? Rovina, Miss Alice is here. Uh, Jonathan says, I'm going to dress up, um, dress up at Sandy Hill, as Sandy Hill. Oh, 
for Halloween. Somebody did that already a couple of years ago. Um, this is a young man who works at the DPP's office. And trust me, he won some contests too when he did it. He um, There was some contest, I think, at Kamana Bay. And he won when he dressed up at me. And he was a hit. Oh, gosh, I forget his name now. Uh, anyway, he's really funny. So, yeah, he dressed up. And uh, as me and he won, he had, on, he had on a little skirt and a wig. And what else did he do? He did like a, yeah, he did like a shirt and everything. It said CMR. And it had the logo. It was legit good. It was a good, it was a good outfit. Um, Rohan says, good morning, Sandy. I forgot my bank card at Butterfield Bank in town. But by the time I remember it, someone took it. When was this? What I find, Rohan, is if you forget it in the in the machine, the machine will actually take it. So it might not be that someone else took it. It's probably the machine. Because I think if you don't remove it within a certain amount of time, the machine actually keeps it. And then you can contact the bank and they'll have your card for you. Good morning, mm-hmm. Scott. Pat, Michael's here. Um, Damien is quoting some Bible verses. We'll have to look those up. Um, morning to Miss Morna. So it is Monday, and you guys know on Monday Rewind, uh, we kind of go through exactly what happened over the weekend. So let's hit it. Time for Monday Rewind. (laughs) The Cold Heart Troops Monday Rewind show recaps the weekend's news and events so you don't miss a beat. Don't miss out. All the weekend source news, gossip, and well, it wouldn't be a weekend recap show without traffic accidents, too. <laughs> Cayman Marl Road is Cayman's number one news source and has the island's hottest morning talk show. It's the hottest. Make sure you don't miss a beat with Monday Rewind. <laughs> Tune in every Monday from 7.30 a.m. on both YouTube and Facebook. in the Cayman Islands. On Friday, I went to the Cayman Islands Heart Fund um, award, Awards Luncheon. Uh, very, very nice. It was at the Marriott. You know, people who've had, they were honoring people who had had strokes or heart attacks and survived to tell the, tell the tale. And uh, they ran the gamut from a young lady who works in media who had a stroke. I had no idea. Pretty interesting. Um... You know, she said that she didn't even know that she was having a stroke. Luckily for her, it wasn't one that was uh, immediately deadly. But of course, any stroke that goes untreated will be deadly. So she was in a bit of a situation where she felt this pain in her neck. Um, You know, there's major arteries kind of that run along the neck and along the head and stuff. And she actually thought that it was um, a pinched nerve. So the story was so interesting. Like, I think the Heart Fund needs to promote these stories across all media because there's a lesson in everything. So she decides to go to the chiropractor and get a major adjustment. Ooh, honey, child, I can only imagine. Listen, I've been to a chiropractor before. I'd 
actually been here to Dr. Um, you know, the one who was convicted of sexual offenses, Dr. Oh God. Uh, Khan. Uh, what was his first name again? Anyway, y'all know that he, he went to jail and then he was, um, I don't know if they deported him because at that point he had status, but he left, eventually left because while he was waiting on his trial, he opened up another business. He changed the name of his business and, and apparently our, our laws are so slack that he found a little loophole. You can do alternative medicine in the Cayman Islands um, and have yourself down as an alternative medicine. I don't know if you can't use the word physician necessarily, but you can be in alternative medicine and not require licensing from the, um, the medical and dental council, which they're the ones who license you know, medical facilities. But if you're not a medical facility, they don't have to license you. So he was claiming that he was doing, I don't know, alternative stuff, although he was facing charges. And I thought to myself, oh man, this is one of those loopholes that y'all need to clearly lock with a key throw away the key and never to be on like, you know, come on government, P people who write the laws, like close this loophole. Anyway, at the time you guys might remember, cause I was, I think I was kind of helping out Ruth Anna over on her show. And so I was in shock and um, had quite a bit to say about how a man who is convicted of, uh, well, well, even facing sexual offenses in, in his practice as a physician, could then continue to operate under some alternative business license. My God. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, Jamal Khan, I think is his name. So anyway, he um, <clears throat> he since left the jurisdiction, but he was a chiropractor and I went to him and, you know, he told me one bunch of stuff, whatever. And then when I spoke to my girlfriend, she's like, oh, that's the exact same thing he told me. So I was like, the dude can't even customize my experience. You know, he's telling everybody the same thing. So I never bothered to go to him again. I was like, yeah, I'm not big in chiropractors. Um, acupuncturists, yes. Chiropractors, no. So, you know, they claim that they're adjusting this and that, but you got to be very careful. So this in this story, this young lady, um, Daphne, talks about how um, she went and had this major adjustment. And apparently what happened, it wasn't a pinched nerve. It was her having a stroke. And when they did the, when the chiropractor did the major adjustment in her neck, she then talked about having the worst headache of her life. I want to, I want to forewarn you guys, because this is something that comes up all the time. When you're having a brain aneurysm, when you're having a stroke, a lot of people say, oh my God, it was this debilitating, the worst headache of my life. And if you don't normally suffer from headaches, take that as a warning that you need to get to the emergency room as quickly as possible. Because if you get ahead of a stroke, like if you're having a stroke and you get ahead of it, a lot of times within the first couple hours, they can save your life and they can save you from having permanent damage, right? But timing is critical because there's medicine and stuff now that they can give you, but you have got to get to a proper doctor and they have to diagnose it as a stroke. So, um, you know, at that point they were able to then see that she was having a stroke. Now you look at her, she looks perfectly fine. She's not excessively overweight. She's young, you know, she's got a couple of kids. Everybody thinks that youth is on your side and that because you're young, you're not gonna have a heart attack. You're not gonna have a stroke. You're not gonna have, you know, sometimes that is not the case, folks. Sometimes you are in good health, you look fine and you kind of feel fine until you're having an episode. 
And um, these things can still happen. So you can still have strokes and you can still have heart attacks. You just kind of have to know the symptoms as you're experiencing them. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thankfully she survived and she was saying, you know, what a scary experience it was. And then there was like the older people who still were in pretty good health, who've had like heart attacks. They go in there 99% blockage, um, you know, and the one thing they all said, listen to your body. Um, and a couple of them physicians were like, mm, I think you need to go in and have a little bit, you need to do some additional checks with a heart specialist. And they were not, because uh, they're like, oh, no, I feel okay, you know. And one guy, he's a pastor, he um, actually spoke at the event. And he said that when he said to the doctor, but I feel fine. Like, I can't believe I have 99% blockage in this major artery. And they said, yeah, you're, you're, you're one of the people that fall into that category where you would have a massive heart attack. And there were literally zero signs. Like, you would not have known. You would have just dropped dead. And that would have been it. So if it was not for your physician saying you need to go and see, because something they picked up on during his annual check, whatever, that they didn't like, and they were like, you need to go get a, a CT scan or whatever. That's what led them to then, you know, um, find his thing. And he had to have a, um, what did he do? Put in a catheter or whatever they call it. So folks, um, do your annual health checkups, especially the older you get. But remember, age doesn't, you know, I, I know of young people in their 20s who drop down dead with an aneurysm. You know, blood vessel in your brain just pops and that's it. You're a goner. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately. Um, but there are things that you can do. So heart attacks and strokes, heart attacks are the number one killer of women in particular. It's not the cancers that we all fear. It's actually your heart attack. And there are things that we can do. Managing that weight that we keep talking about here in this program, exercising. And recently I read something that apparently um, you have to exercise a little bit more than, than they originally had thought. So regular exercising that kind of keeps the heart and everything pumping and helps to clear it out and clog it out and whatever. You know, those things are extremely, extremely important. So thanks to the Cayman Heart Fund for all the wonderful work that they do. Poor Kevin. He was supposed to be Kevin, Kevin Wattler, but unfortunately, because the storm hit Florida, he um, was not able to come and he's actually been deployed. So if you notice that you haven't seen any CMR news lately, the video news in the evenings, it's because Kevin, who was doing that, has been deployed to, um, is it Fort Myers that he's going to, he, he was deployed to Orlando and then from Orlando, they were sending them to a couple different locations. So... Um, Somebody says, was it JJ? Yes, it was JJ that dressed up as me one year. So yeah, Kevin has uh, has been deployed. He is a volunteer. Um, oh, I forget what his exact title is there. But anyway, he um, was deployed to Orlando because that's the central command center for the entire state. And then they were going to send him to uh, Punta Gorda. So that's where he is, which is close to like Port Charlotte area and stuff in Florida. So, um, yeah, so he's going to be a little bit in the thick of it there in Florida. Mm. Not sure how long Kevin's going to be there for, but we told him just to be safe. Don't worry about anything. And so, yep, he's, he's out on a mission and, um, you know, you have to, he's a PIO. I forget what the PIO actually stands for. Public something officer. 
So the state has now declared um, emergency declaration through the Florida Division of Emergency Management. And he volunteers for these types of things. So it's so crazy. Um, but anyway, I was, I was at this event and minding my own business as I often am doing. You know, most of the time when I catch some sus and some news, it is totally me minding my own business. Like I'm not actively out there looking for news. News just comes to me. I would say 95% of the time, news is just coming to me. So someone pinches me and they said, something's going on, Sandy. And I said, oh, <laughs> like what? They said, I don't know. But the leader of the opposition and his wife were supposed to be here. And all of a sudden they canceled at the last minute and said they can't come because something's going on. And we think the premier was going to be here and he's not here. So something's going on. I thought, hmm, I wonder what this could be now. What kind of shadiness are these people up to yet again? So anyway, I said, well, if you hear anything, let me know. And they said, all right. And if you hear anything, let me know. And I said, okay. So then <laughs> later on that evening, all of a sudden I got word of, of what it is. So apparently the progressives were running to um, parliament to file another voter no confidence motion. Mm, mm, mm. What a mess. So apparently um, the leader of the opposition, Mr. Roy McTaggart, has filed a vote of no confidence motion now against Mr. Bush. Hmm. So remember they have one already that is against the entire government. I suspect they have realized that that is not going to be successful. Uh -huh. And then they decide on Friday to file one. Um, it, it was though they were in quite a bit of a rush. Now, I thought about this and I said, you know what? This is actually a good move. You give the devil his credit. I think this is a fantastic idea. If they had done it two years ago, they could have saved us all a lot of hassle and trouble with Mr. Bush. But anyway, they didn't do it. Um, so I'm glad that they finally come to their senses, although we all know it's a bit of a political ploy, but that's okay. Because this political ploy actually works out quite well for everyone. <laughs> Hear the logic now. Listen carefully. So Mr. Bush has not resigned, although he claimed he was going to resign by the 23rd. Now, granted, in that amount of time, there's a little bit of a couple days off preparing for Hurricane Ian and whatever. But you know what? If this was a man that was minded to resign, he would have resigned already. It does not take that long to pen a letter saying, I, Mr. William McKeever Bush, hereby JP, OB, whatever, which by the way, they're going to strip him of that OB. Mark my word. It has not happened yet, but good intelligence sources have shared with me that it's under consideration because the UK gives that out. And they will be stripping Mr. Bush of that. That is my opinion. When they, when they conclude, um, when did he get it, by the way? But anyway, that's soon be gone. What a disgrace. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Anyway, um, so this motion, I think, is a fantastic idea. The first motion will not pass against the government. The second motion against Mr. Bush should have everyone in favor of it. Now, the thing with Mr. Bush, right? Like I said, he promised the premier. He promised Jay. Now, Jay, are you listening this morning? Because Jay seems to think that because of the relationship that the two of them have, they're quite close, him and Mr. Bush, that he could convince him to do certain things that nobody else can't. Joke is on you, brother. 
Makiva is nobody's, listen, just like I said, nobody controls me. Apparently nobody controls uh, Mr. Bush, including <laughs> the authorities. The man does whatever the hell he wants. And so Jay, you're not the boss of him. I hope you're listening very, very carefully. I said this to Jay. I said, how the hell are you going to talk about you can get him to do stuff? His wife of almost 50 years can't control the man. So how, how are you doing it exactly? What, what special connection do the two of you have? Don't fool yourself. You don't have that kind of control over anybody. No, you can't make Makiva do nothing. Oh, when he travels with me, he behaves. Sure he does. Because y'all want us to believe that because you don't know that we've seen some of the videos and people have shared stuff with us. So y'all want to think that we think that y'all are behaving when we know better. Hmm. Don't take us for a fool. Anywho. Um, oh yeah, he behaves, you know, yeah, not that he behaving. It's just that y'all don't think he gets out there. That's a, there's a big difference between the two. So, um, you know, he promised all these people he was going to resign, but he's in the background making his laundry list of things that he wants in order to tender his resignation. Can you imagine the audacity of such behavior? You do something wrong and you still come along with a long laundry list talking about, oh, you want this, this, and this. Dude, what puts you in a position to negotiate with anybody? Are you crazy? But you see, this is what happens when you have lived a lifetime of doing whatever it is that you want with no consequences. This is exactly the problem. You get up and you, you know, beat people up. You feel women up. You talk to women in any kind of way, you know, drunkenness all over the place, whatever. And there is little to no accountability for your actions. Of course, when the ish hits the fan, you still think that you can dictate and tell people what you are going to do. Oh, honey, you need a reality check. But no one's ever given this man a reality check in his life. So he, he's narcissistic and delusional. And the rest of y'all is out there trying to defend his behavior. Jesus, take the wheel. So, yes, he was still negotiating, trying to, trying to make demands on people. Mm-mm-mm. Well, progressives, thank you for finally stepping up to the plate and doing something useful. Because by you bringing this motion... That nips that whole situation in the bud. Nobody now cares if the man resigns. You see, he has no leverage now. Look at that. Look how easy that was. Hmm. Yes, voter no confidence. Now, because the opposition has put forward this motion, they have indicated that all members of the opposition are in favor. Oh my gosh, where's my little applaud button here? Lord, this is such wonderful news. Applause, yes. <laughs> This is good news because guess what? All members, all seven of the opposition are in favor. All of the PAC government should be in favor too. Now, why do I like this situation? I'll tell you why. Because unlike a resignation, which allowed Bush to save face, which, you know, whatever, uh, it also allowed everybody else to save face because they didn't have to go on record against McKeever. Now, I don't think McKeever didn't know this. He's no fool. He's not been in politics for 11 million years without learning a thing or two. So he knew that at some point, even if he's not Speaker of the House, y'all might still need him for a, a swing vote to go one way or the other. 
So he's like, don't y'all piss me off because the next two years, two and a half years, is going to be a really long time for all of you. He's going to make your life a miserable hell. Uh-huh. So now, with the opposition bringing this motion, claiming that all of them are in favor of it, so that's seven votes right there, we only need two-thirds, y'all. We expect every single member of the PAC government to also vote to remove him. Now you see what this is going to do. This will put people like Jay, Kenneth, Chris Saunders, all of them in a position where they will go on record. And it's going to be recorded in the Hansards. Hallelujah for that. Who voted to remove Mr. Bush and we should have a unanimous 100%, not just two-thirds vote. It should be the full pie, not two-thirds of the pie. But they will go on record, and it will be a record that we will be able to, you know, refer to and mention most certainly during the next election when they want to talk about, oh, you know, they're so this, that, and the next thing. Ooh, honey child, put their feet to the fire. Yes, hold them all accountable. I love it. Don't y'all just love it? Well, what did the A-team say? Don't you just love when a plan comes together? This is a fantastic idea. This is the best idea that the progressives has had in a very, very long time. Probably about 12 years. But definitely um, in the last four years. Because they would not do it when they were in power, but now they're doing it. Yeah, go on through. Go on through, progressives. I have no beef with this whatsoever. Wonderful. Remove him as Speaker of the House. Mm-mm. What a thing. Anyway, I'm expecting 100% of the people in Parliament to vote to remove him. There's no reason for this man to stay in this position. And look at that. Just by a stroke of a pen and the filing of some documents of Parliament, we have done away with any need to negotiate with him. Bam. Jesus. Wonderful. Done. So my understanding is on Wednesday, the House is in, in session. Ooh, you know, that's going to be hot. We're going to be out there, child. And so um, now <laughs> what this means is that um, first they have to do, because they have to do them in the order. So they'll do the first motion, which is against the government. That will, that will spectacularly fail. Now, you know, a couple, um, not last week, but the week before, I was talking about this motion the day that they filed it. Um, so it was a week ago. I was talking about this motion and who in the PAC government was potentially willing to support this motion. Um, oh, it's on Friday. The date, date was changed last week. Oh, honey child, thank you for that date. Hear me talking about it's still Wednesday now. Yeah. So it is Friday. Oh, good. So will they hear both motions on Friday? Uh, let me confirm. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're going to do both motions. Yes. Does, does, does Makiva get to preside over any of these motions? Isn't that funny? I'll preside over the motion to remove me as Speaker of the House. <laughs> let, me, let me do the vote. I'm going to give that man a heart attack in the moment. Speaking of heart trouble. Anyway, um, it it's, does make me chuckle just a little bit. So it's on Friday. Man, I got to wait the whole week. Oh, man, I was kind of looking forward to Friday. I was looking forward to Wednesday. I was already clearing my calendar for Wednesday, honey, chill. <laughs> what a ting. Anyway, Friday is just as good as Wednesday. Just two more days. Um. So anyway, yes. So here it goes. Uh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. on Friday, things are going to be a bit hot around the place. 
Well, here we go. So we'll get rid of Mr. Bush's Speaker of the House. Now, the question then becomes, the next logical question, is should the Speaker of the House come from within or without part, without within Parliament or outside of Parliament? Well, the majority of you believe that um, it should be outside of Parliament. Morning, Scott. Scott says, when I was young and shoplifted, my uncle made me take it back and give it to the shop owner. First and last time, I was so embarrassed. I'm telling you, embarrassment sometimes works um, to really keep people on the straight and narrow. But, you know, when it comes to Mr. Bush, embarrassment has not worked. This man has been, oh, my God. If I was Mr. Bush, I wouldn't even show my face again in the Cayman Islands. I would move overseas and some obscure place in the bush where, you know, no one even knew my name. Nobody knew who I was. I don't know exactly where that would be. But, child, I would I would move to Timbuktu and just become a, 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 a nun or a... Um, uh, a monk or something and just spend the, less, the rest of my life in service to others. That's what you do when you're really embarrassed about your behavior, but honey, job, some people don't have no behavior. Morning, caller. What a beautiful day. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Um, on the subject matter you're discussing right yes. now, all of the accolades, um, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm a little older than you, mm-hmm. but all of the accolades, we pay to our elected officials. Mm-hmm. You know, the honorable and so and everybody has to be addressed as honorable. What happens to that title? Because mm-hmm. it has been like always asking everybody, yeah, that's for life. I can't be for life because according to what you do during your life, you know, you should be subject to examination at least. Mm-hmm. And I would really like who would go who should know or who can need the information by drilling down. And that one would be you to tell mm-hmm. me what happens to the honorable. Um, because, you, you know, I used to read news, but I would. Yes. Well, this is actually a question for had a protocol um, over at um, the protocol office, but the, yeah, the title I, comes with the position. So it's a good question because if he no longer has the position, then he's no. So the honorable is attached to speak of the house, not to his behavior, unfortunately, as you say, um, which is just, you know, one of those things, honey, chill, you know, even some of our former leader of government business and, and uh, <clears throat> premiers and whatever, they were not very honorable. So it doesn't come with their behavior or the type or the, you know, it comes with the position that they're holding. So I'm assuming, yeah. oh, they, this person just said it's a lifetime honorific. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Mm-hmm. No, but these clauses be wrecked bad laws in the Cayman Islands all of the time. They're not vetting before the entire body of leadership, elected leadership. I know they are not. We write wrong legislation all the time for the simplest, simplest things. We had another spew at that during COVID. Lawyers, you know, it was a clan of lawyers mm-hmm. and they couldn't see it right and right. But I really want to know. Well, I got, I've got your answer for you already. So apparently uh, I've got your answer. It's a lifetime honorific attached to several positions, including speaker, leader of government business, premier and national heroes. 
So um, he will always be honorable. It, it can't. It can't be. And you want can't be retract. But, but how can Brooke Gate be honorable? Who is this? Sorry, Brooke Gate. Groping, groping, groping. Listen. How, how, how can a, how can a, how can a salt gate be honorable? Only God knows. I yes. That's this is such a good question. In oh. in no. Oh, somebody needs. I've always asked this question. Is if if life, yes, according to what you do. If if you go and help people wake up, they are. It will always be honorable. But when you grow up in people, mm-hmm. how can that maintain? Mm. From a legal perspective, is it retroactive? Do something. Mm, 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 mm. And you know, a little, a little young person said to me about two years ago, you know, we don't have much imagination as Caymanians. Mm. <laughs> they said, whenever we score, we should give it a name because mm-hmm. they do in other. I would like the solution to have carried a name because I would like Caymanian women who have achieved. Come on, work hard, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To put on some pretty clothes mm-hmm. and go to a, a handsome event put on by our own government and get a little free champagne and some rubber chicken mm-hmm. and go home. If they're falling down, you should help pick them up. Especially when you wear a wig, and I don't know who buys the wig, but I got an idea. <laughs> a wig is a high circumstance piece of apparel and I want young women, they are our sisters, our daughters, our mothers and our grandmothers to go out in town. Now here, here this one, I honey child. You ready for this? I, I, you ready for this piece of tea? I, 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 I on. You ready for this piece of tea? Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. All right. So here's the thing. This lifetime, I don't know what legislation, I'm still trying to suss that part out, right? But the ability mm-hmm. for this to be a lifetime honorific appointment came up and under who? The Honorable Mickey I know Bush. Oh my God, you cannot make this stuff up. It bothered me from the day Lord Jesus. It bothered me from the day I heard it because I heard it before it was official. <laughs> and it bothered me after years. Oh. I know. Because you know the propensity that you have. We know ourselves sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. We know ourselves well, sometimes. There you have it, honey child. There you have it. Lawyers. So we have a lawyer who has lawyers. Oh. And that lawyer is the premier. We need a change. But I, I think that even if we changed it, we probably couldn't make it retroactive. I'm not too sure about how that would work. Look at no. If we dig hard, we can find Where it. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> people always say Allah never dies, you know. Mm-hmm. It goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Or, or they set it up to pasture. But Allah never dies. We, we can find. You know the, mm-hmm. you know the law. This is a private discussion, but you know the law that shipped two people out that came on. That old antiquated law that shipped people down to Australia long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, we sent them oh, to the okay. UK, but 
Yeah. Uh, uh, just, just extrapolate out from that. It can be done if you want. Well, I am, I am angry this morning. When it was up in Florida, I looked at that from head to toe and toe back to head. And I say it's not all that everybody is making it up to be. Mm-hmm. And I was supportive. When it came to the Seven Mile Beach, I say, well, you know, you go to people country, respect the officials, not mm-hmm. past the first blue. I'm trying court. to find my and constitution. Why can I never find my constitution order when I'm looking for it? Good grief. You got to carry, carry a life sure, copy. I, I'm supposed to have one on the computer. Every time I go look for it, I can't seem to find it. I know I could carry a life copy. <laughs> I must print it out and walk with it. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I yeah. soon find it here. I think the um, Human Rights Commission, their website might have it. Yeah. Yes, my dear child. Well, that answers your question. There you go. Well, well when you're looking at the human rights situation, uh, because I don't know who have human rights, I would think the people who are assaulted um, should have some human rights too, just not the honorable people in this case. Mm-hmm. That is such a flawed piece of legislation for the highest office officers mm-hmm. in this country. It's terribly, terribly flawed. And mm-hmm. like I say, our premier has a bevy of lawyers at his beck and call. Like all them bring from a little chicken from Kentucky. You got to stay up tonight. That's before Friday. Mm-hmm. 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 All, right. All right, my dear. The Cayman's Constitution Order. Y'all need to familiarize yourself with it. Uh, this is the highest um, piece of document in the land. It used to cost 10 pounds and 50 cents. Is that ours? Why are they charging us for this? Is this the right document? 65 pages. Um, let me make sure this is the right one. So Caribbean and, and North Atlanta, the Constitution Order. 2009, June the 10th, 2009, laid before Parliament, 17th of June, 2009, came into force in accordance with Section 1-2 at the court at Buckingham Palace on the 10th of June, 2009. Yes, President, the Queen's Most Excellent Majesty in Council. Uh, Let me see now. So, Schedule 1, we got the Constitution Order 1972. Uh Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe this is the document we are looking at. Um, So Speaker and Deputy Speaker, Section 65 of the Constitution, talks about how they could be removed. Now, um, I see here that um, El Rey is asking about the removal of him completely. And this is where El Rey says, can't Matt just be fired for his conduct? Why is he being asked to resign? Because he can't be fired for his conduct. This is part of the problem. So the way the Constitution now is, and the way the standing orders are, um, unfortunately, anybody got the standing orders handy that they could send me? Unfortunately, he cannot be fired. Yes, honey, child, we wish it was that easy, because then he would have been fired. So no, unfortunately, he can't be fired. Now, if he doesn't resign, the other option is what the progressives is doing, is to bring a vote of no confidence against him. In my opinion, the vote of no confidence against him should be 100% successful. Now, Cameron says, some will refrain a vote and will still not know their true position. Listen, 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 Linda. Cameron, abstaining in a situation like this means that you are in support of this man. Let us be very, very clear. Not a single MP 
will be able to abstain and say, well, I didn't know what my position was. No, 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 no. This is not the opportunity for you to be playing political games. It's either or either, and it can be both. So an abstention will be counted as a no, I do not support a vote of no confidence. Cameron, the people need to stop being so easily fooled. Stand up and listen very, very carefully. All members, all MPs should be more than aggrieved at the speaker's ongoing egregious behavior. Okay, there's no other way to explain it. And if they can get up in the Legislative Assembly and not vote in favor of this motion, that means that they are in favor of him and his behavior. Full stop. And I, for one, will not be forgetting it come the next election. No backbone, you need to get out of Parliament. Good morning, caller. Buenos dias, como esta? Bien, bien, bastante. ¿Y tú? That's all the Spanish. I That's know. all the Spanish, you know. <laughs> I got to tell you the funniest um, mm. episode I saw last night of um, Family Guy, right? So little Stewie and the, what, what's the dog's name again? Um, oh God, I can't remember his name. Whatever, Stewie and the dog, they're off on an adventure. And so they're trying to hitchhike, hitchhike back home. So they get on a, on a illegal bus crossing over um, into Texas, or whatever, from the Mexican border. And there's a bunch of Mexican guys on it. So um, uh, Stewie says the same thing, not Stewie, but the dog. Oh gosh, I forget the dog's name. Anyway, the dog says, um, yo estoy, whatever. Um, and you know, I don't, Brian, thank you, Raven. Um, do to Ablis and, and then the, here's the crazy thing, right? The Mexican guy responds in perfect English with a perfect English <laughs> accent. And he says, he says, oh, wow. Um, your Spanish is not too bad. And da, 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 And the guy was like, oh, thank God you speak, you speak Spanish. And then he says, no, actually. Um, you speak English. She says, no, I don't speak English. That's all the English that I know. But it was such so perfect, perfect accent, everything. And and, um, and Brian was like, you've got to be kidding me. And he says, no hablas, no hablas English. <laughs> it was the funniest thing that I've seen in a while. I was like, oh, my God, that is so hilarious. Perfect English. But he only memorized that much. And that was it. But it sounded good. Anyway, what's on your mind today? Um, I, I kind of like that the, the way that they did the law, that it's this, all of these titles are for life uh -huh. because I think it'll, I, I'm not a great fan of all of these titles because I think honorable is something you earn and not something that's just given to you by law, by your, uh, as a result of your own actions of making the law, because they're giving this to themselves, right? Uh-huh. So I kind of like that it's the way that it is, because what it's going to do is cause it to be meaningless, mm -hmm. which which I want it to be meaningless. I want that when someone is viewed as being honorable, mm -hmm. it's not because they voted, they created a law to entitle themselves to be called honorable, mm -hmm. but that they have acted in such a way that they deserve to be recognize the honorable. So I kind of like how it's going out. Hmm. On on a different note, mm -hmm. um, in 2008, when the Constitutional Review um, was taking place, 
some of us advocated for the power in the constitution to recall um, uh, a politician. Mm -hmm. Of course, that didn't take place. And government mm -hmm. the the government wasn't interested in doing it because it clearly was going to give the people power to fire a politician so now here we are mm -hmm. in a situation where we need the power to recall and we don't have it mm -hmm. guess, guess who's guess whose fault it is that we don't have it mm -hmm. do you know the people <laughs> that's right that's right the public yeah. the public failed to stand up for themselves and to ensure that there was a provision in the constitution that would enable them to handle this particular situation by being able to remove him completely from the house mm -hmm. because that that power does not exist well we mm -hmm. can't do it now, there is another way in which he could be held somewhat accountable. Mm -hmm. And that is that if whoever he did these acts to come forward and ensure that charges are laid and that the matter is mm -hmm. dealt with, mm -hmm. that will deal with it as well. But, but you see, again, we're back to the same thing. We're, we're back to where are we going to stand up for ourselves? Mm. Right? Same same situation. Mm -hmm. We fail to do ourselves justice by being afraid. Now, I don't know all of the details of this thing. I've been following this like you. So I don't know whether it's, there's not a case or there's a case. I don't know. Right? But if there is a case, bring to it be, forward. To be clear, the police investigation is ongoing. I understand at least one of the victims has given a statement to the police. Now, just because you've given the statement to the police doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily decide to proceed or find, you know, so there's only so much you can right. do up to a certain point. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but, um, so, you, you know, what we need to do is to ensure that we have provisions in the constitution that, that protects us from the abuses of power mm -hmm. and i know that sometimes when people are supporting a government um they don't think well you know the person i'm looking up to right now might um, do something that i might have to remove him and they're not it's, it's kind of like saying that you're going to go to <clears throat> you're going to have a wedding but on your wedding day you're talking about prenuptials and all that kind of stuff. This is not something that people naturally want to do. But in politics, you have to understand that it's this is a, a relationship that goes on forever, meaning until Christ returns. So you're gonna <laughs> the person the person that you're dealing with might not betray you. It might be the next government are the one after that. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the power in place in order to address serious issues like this, mm -hmm. then you're just going to be stuck. And we're going to be listening to a show 
on CMR talking about, well, what if we did have the power? Mm-hmm. Well, this can't be right. And somebody's got to be able to do something. No, we need to snap out of that foolishness. Yeah. Well, here's a comment. Well, as Rex, long Rex as I can says, remember. Here's a comment. Rex Wattler says, a lot of politicians need to step down. Leave Mr. Bush alone. There are more things we need to worry about. All of them is no better than Mr. Bush. Well, I, I'm not going to stick my neck out for any politician about how good you mm-hmm. know any particular politician is. Mm-hmm. But if you have uh, if you have a situation where someone is saying, "Look, I've been um, had had him do something wrong to me," whatever the particular words they they used were. And then investigation takes place, and it is found that uh, yes, we should move forward with these charges. Then, yeah, you have a problem. And if he doesn't want to step down, yes, you should have the power to remove that. Mm-hmm. This idea of being stuck with with him or anyone else who's done wrong uh, is ridiculous. When right. we were talking about uh, uh, um, recently about bribing. And I was saying to you that I think that people really understand the consequences of this. And you, you took the position, no, they don't. I think they do. But, but, but let's put it this way. Regardless of whether they do or they don't, you're telling me that if you put, the, the, it, it, it's diffi- too difficult to understand that if someone bribes you, for your vote mm-hmm. and you put them in office you can't understand that at the very basic level that the wrong person got elected like is that too difficult to understand mm-hmm. I, I find that hard to comprehend because to me that is brighter than the the, the midday sun right and and we need to make sure that we stop acting when it's too late, but on on the question of retroactive, mm-hmm. retroactive is something that typically they don't do, but it's not unheard of in Cayman. Um, and by the way, they still have time to do it to change the law before he's removed from office, because whenever it suits the government, they suspend the relevant standing order requiring the 28-day consultation period. And they can bring a bill to the House and pass it before he's removed uh, from office to change it so that it doesn't work out that way. If they really want to do it, they could do it. They have they have the ability to do it. But I, I suspect that won't happen. So... I hope mm-hmm. what we take take away from this conversation is that the next time we have the ability to um, put in place checks and balances, but that we understand that the people who are in power, and that there are needs to be provisions to hold them accountable as well. One of the things you raised this, I used I've said this for a long time. When you look at legislation. And it talks about when 
what government should do and shouldn't do. It, it, if, if it says if it says something shouldn't be done, if you check carefully, there are no penalty provisions if you do it. So what kind of deterrence is it if there are no penalties? Now, that, that was changed because we push for things like that under the FOI law, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop some government departments from trying to withhold records from you, which could mm-hmm. attract a, a prison sentence, okay? Mm-hmm. And so imagine how much less they care about a provision where there is no penalty. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And these, these are things that some people find difficult to talk about because what they hear you saying is, well, I support Kurt Tibbetson. Well, I don't think mm-hmm. he would do that to me. And um, you don't think this is a little overboard? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's not overboard. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. And it's times like this that we see how valuable it would have been if we had that provision in the Constitution. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. All right, folks, 936-BOBO is the telephone number. If you've got an opinion on this or anything else we're discussing this morning, feel free to call in. Um, how many of you are in favor of what, what Mr. Rex here is saying? Rex Wattler says a lot of politicians need to be removed, and he thinks that we're pushing, we're picking on Mr. Bush. The problem with that position, um, Rex, is where do we begin, really? But here's the thing. Um, first and foremost... Not every, okay, let, let, let me break it down just a tad here. And I know that we have probably beat this horse, but you know, there are people like Mr. Rex, I guess, and others who are still convinced that we need to leave Mac alone. We don't have any other sitting MP who has actually been convicted of an offense and, I mean, gotten an actual jail sentence. Let, 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 that, let that sit in for a second there, Rex. Like when, when you're determining how much do we put up from any singular individual, right? As much as you might like Mr. Bush, he has exceeded all graces that we could potentially show me anybody else who's a sitting member of parliament who's been convicted and sentenced. The man got a six-month jail sentence that was suspended. Now that's in jeopardy. He might actually end up going to jail. If new charges are brought against him, that will be revoked and who's and he will be going to jail. Oh my God. What other sitting MPs? Now we know some of them are kind of I'm 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 being told I shouldn't use a W-H-O-R-E word on the on the radio, but you know, they are that ish, W-ish, <laughs> right? And they're out there fornicating, whatever. All right. That would be a number of them, without a doubt. That's not a criminal offense. That's one of perhaps morality, and I guess their wives might be interested to know what they're up to. Maybe most of the wives don't care. I don't know. Hmm. So if you were perhaps using that as a litmus test, then yes, others should be resigning. But sexual harassment, biting people, Touching people inappropriately, 
this drunken behavior. Like, I dare you, Ray, to show me anybody else who's a sitting MP who has had this caliber of like checklist after checklist after checklist over the years. Charged multiple times, yes, with the with the one thing he was he was vindicated by a jury of his peers. But I mean, how many times? This isn't about anybody trying to pick on Mr. Bush or we have more things to worry about. The very fact that we have more things to worry about is why somebody like Mr. Bush needs to come out. You made the point. You made the argument. He distracts us from really important stuff. Every time we have to have a vote of no confidence, another motion, the, the LA bickering amongst themselves. Remember last time? An early election was called because of this man. Wasting money and resources. Why? How much of this are we going to have to put up with, Mr. Rex? Do you not see the constant, because of his lack of self-control, the constant turmoil that this country has been in because of him? No other MP, I mean, you know, Alden kind of does his best to keep us in turmoil when he's not in power because he's just power hungry. But that's not, that's really not the same thing. The first came out National Bank. The this, the that, it's like always something. We've had several coups in this country. They surround Mr. Bush. Rex, you could be his best friend. And at some point you have got to see, right? From a completely objective perspective that this has got to stop. It's too much. No one is picking on Mr. Bush. His behavior is just too egregious to continue. Now to Al Ray's point, section 62 of the constitution talks about um, disqualification for elected members. As Denny said, we never took up the option because <laughs> the people just weren't paying attention or they didn't care, whatever, for you to have much in the way of power to remove someone between elections. Uh, before I forget, let me play this little clip because this is so funny uh, that I was just mentioning about Family Guy. Have a listen to this. To really saturate the soil twice a day. That's why my tomatoes haven't been coming in. Hola. Uh, me llamo es Brian. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, Nosotros queremos ir con ustedes. Yeah, that was pretty good. But actually, when you said me llamo es Brian, you don't need the ace. Just me llamo Brian. Oh, you speak English? No, just that first speech and this one explaining it. You, you're kidding, right? Okay. <laughs> it's hilarious. You gotta admit, he's like, okay, what? No habla English? I only know that. And then this explanation and perfect pronunciation, perfect English, and that's it. Brian's like, no, you gotta be kidding. All right, listen. Section um, 62 of the constitution speaks about the ways in which an MP can be removed. This is where you've got to uh, folks become familiar with the constitution, yes? Hmm. Only certain things. 
that you can do. It's got section one, subsection A. Um, talks about allegiance, obedience, adherence to a foreign power or state. Holds or is acting in any public office. Has been a judge or otherwise declared bankrupt. So imagine you can be um, bankrupt, something financial, and that would hold more weight than you assaulting people. I mean, it is a little bit crazy when you think about it. If the person's insane, <laughs> this is one that might be quite debatable. But again, you have to be adjudged to be of unsound mind under the laws in the Cayman Islands. So it's not just that we think you're crazy, because I do think some people crazy, but that that is not what we're talking about here. It has to be someone, a judge, a court saying, yes, this person is insane. Sentence of imprisonment exceeding 12 months. Now, this is interesting because his assault um, case, had he received a sentence of 12 months, he only got six months suspended, that would have taken care of the situation, but the judge didn't do that. The magistrate, it was summary court. Maybe we need to have this change from 12 months and make it less. What do y'all think about that? I mean, I honestly don't know why it's 12 months. I think it should be <laughs> any sentence. You should not be eligible to run for public office or be an MP. Um, subsection F, if you're disqualified for election by any law in force. Good morning, caller. Uh-oh, let me unmute. Yep, you're unmuted. Hello? Yep. Uh-huh. I think um I I think I just heard you um speak. I'm not certain, but I think it did about the, the word in the in there regarding 12 months says exceeding 12 months, right? Mm, hold on. Yes, exceeding 12 months imposed on him or so her if he by got, court. If he got, so if he got 12 months, that still wouldn't disqualify him. <laughs> so it'd have to be 12 months in one day. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that one needs to be up for, up power, for revision. The power of one word. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, yeah. Later. Okay. Absolutely. It does say exceeding. Mm-hmm. So it'd have to be 12 months in a day. I think that needs to be reduced, folks. Seriously. Mm -mm. A person serving, this is subsection 2A, two or more sentences of imprisonment that are required to be served consecutively, he or she shall throughout the whole time during uh, which he or she uh, so serves be regarded as serving a sentence exceeding 12 months. If, but not unless, any one of those sentences exceeds that term and no account shall be taken of a sentence of imprisonment imposed as an alternative to or in default of payment of a fine. Mm -hmm. So, um, Al Ray, that answers your question. There's no provision in there for anybody to fire him. 
that that really remains a matter for the people. Y'all want to fire an MP? Don't vote for them. <laughs> That's how you fire them. Yeah. What a mess. Mm-mm-mm. Now, one of the things that you guys may have seen on Friday, quite interesting enough, is there was a petition being circulated by um, Frank Matfield where he was calling for the dissolution of all of Parliament. Now, a few people sent me the link, and I must tell you that I did not even bother. When I heard it was from, from Dr. Frank, I didn't even bother having a look at it. Y'all, y'all know my position, and if you don't know my position on this, um, shall I make it abundantly clear? that some people have no weight at all because of their actions. Their actions have spoken louder than any petition they could potentially start. And unfortunately, uh, Dr. Frank falls into that category for me. Not trying to disrespect him. I'm just telling y'all how it is. So anything he does, I just put it in file 13 in the garbage bin, put it in the shredder, keep it moving. I didn't look at even why he wants to dissolve all of parliament and remove every single MP. Yeah, okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. Here, Blair says, can the constituents recall an MP? No, there's no provision of recall. That's what Denny was saying. That was one of the things that he was fighting for. And no, none of y'all thought you needed it. Okay. Uh-uh. So Cena says, so true, mm-hmm. way more than Mr. Bush needs to go. That's why they ignore and fail to put laws in place. What laws are you referring to? So uh, Sharon says, did the woman make a formal complaint? At least one of them has. Uh, That much I know. There was more than one woman, but I don't know if they've all made uh, said complaint or not. Now, when, when, when I say, just to be clear, when I say formal complaint, what I mean is vis a vis the police, not their department heads, because I do understand that some of these women believe that they had to go through their department heads and go through the civil service, which is ridiculous, um, in order to get any recourse. And that's not the case. Nobody can stop you from making a report to the police. If you've been assaulted at work, your bosses can't have you sign any contract that says you were giving up your right to file a criminal complaint. Now, I am only aware of one that does not mean that the others have not done so. Good morning to Yasmin. How are you? Um, Damien says Bill Clinton did it so many times and never got impeached or held accountable. Well, that's actually not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. Damien, you got to make sure you keep up with accurate information now. Hello. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I I want I wanted to play a little game real quick. Uh 
Um, so uh, you note you note how the uh, how the um, motion from the from the opposition changed from government to speaker, right? Well, they actually and, technically uh, have both motions alive. So it's not that it's changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you couldn't do against the whole government. It had to be against the speaker or against the premier. But no, anyway, I, yeah. I I stand corrected if that's how it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, let me continue. Mm -hmm. So let's assume you are uh, Madam Leader of the Opposition and you've been rankled by the fact that you have not been able to uh, become the, the uh, government in power. And now there's an opportunity, uh, albeit uh, it takes a little while, to, to change that. So uh, you, are, you are speaking, you are having an audience with the honorable person that uh, mm -hmm. is most discussed here now. And you say, look, um, here, is, here is the plan. We're gonna have to go through with this thing about uh, making a motion of no confidence in the speaker. Um, but you know what, when that is successful, you know what will happen, you'll be on the floor. And a little while later, a couple months down the road, um, you can, uh, you know, you can join our ranks in the opposition and you might be able to um, po poach one or two members of the government in power. And that then will be the time for us to uh, stage a change of uh, who is calling the shots on the island. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. What a mess. Thank you for that okay. observation. <laughs> also, okay, Madam Leader of the Opposition. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. All right. Um, so 936-2626, some interesting perspectives this morning. Thank you so much to that caller. Um, to Damien's point, he was impeached. President Bill Clinton was impeached. This is why you cannot just say things that are inaccurate. You be very, very careful when you're trying to defend bad behavior. After nearly 14 hours of debate, the House of Representatives approves two articles of impeachment. This was December the 19th, 1998, against the President Bill Clinton, charging him with lying under oath to federal grand jury and obstructing justice. Clinton became the second president in American history at that time. You know, go go see what has happened since with um, what's his last one name again? Um Mr. Purplehead, Pinkhead, Peachhead, whatever, um, vowed to finish his term. He was the second American president to be impeached. Okay. This was all about, of course, his 1995 affair with Monica Lewinsky, who was a 21-year-old unpaid intern. Mm -mm -mm. As you will recall, over the course of a year and a half, the president and Lewinsky had nearly a dozen sexual encounters in the White House. In April 1996, Lewinsky was transferred to the Pentagon, and that summer she first confided in a Pentagon co-worker, Linda Tripp, who, of course, got all the details, recorded her, and um, revealed that. And, and basically, um, Clinton lied under oath to a grand jury. He was impeached. Okay. That's that's the bottom line. Um, so uh, how many how many times in your mind 
should an MP get chance after chance after chance before y'all stop defending the behavior? That's really the question that I have. Because when you start making comparisons, well, look at, look at Bill Clinton. Look at what he did. What Bill Clinton has done does not even compare. That was a consensual. He lied, and that's a very serious indictment on him. But that was also a consensual relationship with an adult. Yes, it was adulterous, and it should not have happened. But, I mean, really? We're going to compare that to assaulting women, sexual harassment, biting women, all this other behavior? Uh, something wrong with us, for sure, as a people. Stop discussing and encouraging bad behavior. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Anyway, so there's a poll up on the website, on the CMR website. Go check it out, kimandmalroad.com. If you're on your mobile phone, you need to scroll down a little bit, and then you'll see the poll. The question is, mm -hmm, should the Speaker of Parliament come from within or outside of elected members? Some 94% of you have said no elected MPs for speaker. It should be someone outside of parliament. That's a good place to, st to start. El Ray says, I don't like that law or condition to remove MPs. If they break the law or conduct themselves in an unacceptable manner, they should be gone. And of course, that type of comment, El Ray, then becomes, well, what is an unacceptable manner? Because that's the kind of thing that is very, very subjective. I mean, look, there are people in here who don't see anything wrong with Bush's behavior. They don't think any of it is unacceptable. Although he's been sentenced to six months in jail suspended. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the criminal case. And whether or not um, if he's charged again, that that suspension, which mm -hmm. I think... I'm about 99% sure does not actually expire until December of this year. So he is still on probation. That means Mr. Bush could go to jail. That suspended sentence could be revoked. Ooh, honey child. Since we're going to talk about people going to jail that would probably not do very well in jail, let's move on to our next topic. On Friday, let me try and find the story now. We posted up a story about this police officer who's headed to jail for sexual assault. Wow. What a thing. Mm -mm -mm. So this is a situation where um hold on, let me get the let me get the the picture of these two for you. Mm-mm. Anthony Marshall headed to jail. Um, his accomplice, Erica Lynch, headed to jail. Wow. Now, you know, it can't be easy for police officers to end up in jail, honey, jail, because I think he was part of the firearms response unit. Look at this. She'll do okay in jail. She's cute and everything. Those females might like her. Braid her hair and all that kind of stuff. 
I don't think the women's prison's that bad. It's more like a dormitory. You know, they all sit around and braid each other's hair and bedtime stories and whatever. But the men's prison is a little bit different. I don't know who his cellmate is going to be. But wow, we. Police Constable Anthony Marshall was sentenced to five years in prison while his female companion, Erica J. Lynch, got four and a half years after they were convicted of indecent assault. Um, They were sentenced on uh, Friday morning. The two were charged after a female alleged that they sexually assaulted her. They never denied the act that took place, but said that the victim had consented to the acts and was a willing participant. What a ting, my dear child. All I can tell you is that a jury of their peers did not believe them. And so they were convicted. And their conviction now means that they're headed off to jail. It's quite a story, to be honest. Uh, You know, the victim was put under quite a bit of pressure in court. I I thought that when I started to hear what the attorneys were doing to her and the questions that they were putting to her and the manner in which they were putting these questions, she actually broke down a bit and there was a uh, very good chance that the trial was going to be stopped and abated. But I think the, the judge stepped in and kind of said, you know, you need to pull back. You know, in the United States of America, there are certain types of um, line of questioning that you cannot ask of, of sexual assault victims. Here in Cayman, it seems like it's a free-for-all. And it does, there are times when I watch these uh, court proceedings and it makes me very, very uncomfortable what people, what defense attorneys are allowed to get away with. It is very, very concerning. And I think somebody needs to, to take a close look at that legislation. Well, four and a half years for assault. Wow. Now they were talking about it was um, they were talking about, oh, it was consensual. Well, they were not believed. And um, you know, belief is a hell of a thing. He got five years and there is a little bit of a difference in terms of what they were um, actually convicted of. The judge said that the victim's life had been affected in many ways and that she'd been traumatized by the couple's callous and selfish actions. And those actions had consequences. This is Justice Marlene Carter. She also imposed a sexual harm prevention order to prevent the couple from contacting the victim in the case after they served their lengthy jail sentence. Huh. Lynch and Marshall were permitted a lengthy and emotional goodbye before they were dragged off to court to serve their jail time. Of course, they had friends showing up. Now, I gotta tell you some of what has been going on with this case kind of behind the scenes, right? So people have been sending me video footage of the victim. 
And I guess this is still the family of the um, convicted persons now trying mm -hmm. to make the case that this was indeed consensual and they got it wrong. So someone sent me video footage on, um, I think it was Friday after the verdict came down of the victim giving somebody a lap dance or whatever. And I want to speak to this because this is very, very important for y'all to understand. And this is my position. You know that I ride with victims as long as they're telling the truth. And for the record, 97% of sexual assault victims are telling the truth. People don't just randomly get up and be like, oh, I'm going to accuse this person of sexual assault today. And of the 3% that may do that, the case normally falls apart well before it gets to a jury for conviction or a judge. And there's lots of logistical reasons for that including the police investigation, forcing you to give a police statement, or you're going to have to go to court, you're going to have to testify, you're going to have to be cross-examined. It's not easy for anybody to get up before a judge, a jury of their peers, and everybody to see that you are the victim of somebody performing oral sex on you when you did not want it, or even worse. Y'all don't understand the psychology involved in being victimized and what it takes. When I told y'all last week about, in the case of DJ Renato, how this woman traveled all the way from Canada to testify in person when she had the option of testifying via video link, you need to let that sink in. That's not someone who is falsely accusing anybody of anything. Believe me when I tell you, someone who has abandoned a professional a career that could have made them a millionaire to now become a rape victim advocate and help other women prepare for court is not someone who's making this up. Capiche? This is someone who has had a life-altering traumatic event. So folks, listen carefully. If someone was lap dancing, if they were a professional prostitute, if they slept with you 50 million times before that one day, it does not matter. Sexual assault and rape is event specific. If you're married to the person, the law says you still have a right to say no to your spouse. There was a case um, with this woman in the UK who is on trial for sexually assaulting this man. Of course, they don't call it rape, which is what it is. They call it, um, hold on, I'll tell you what it is. They have some other offense, but honestly, they should call it what it is. So this um, student 30 forced a man she met on an online dating site 
to have sex with her as court hears that she was a lot bigger and stronger than her alleged victim. So legally they call it, hold on, let me see what this is now. Um, so it defers to a charge of rape for which legal definition is when a person intentionally penetrates another's, you know, parts, numerous parts. Uh, but in this case, it's actually um, a charge of causing a person to engage in sexual activity without consent. That should just be rape. I mean, let's def redefine it. But this is where there is a disparity in law because it is a female on male offense. It's still, it should still be the same offense. So uh, this woman is in court. I don't know yet uh, if they've come up with any sort of a, a verdict, but this was just last week. And it's not any less traumatic because the victim is a man. So anyone who thinks that, oh, well, the victim knew them or had she engaged in something with them before, read my lips. None of that matters. None of it matters. And for them to be circulating these videos and trying to put this narrative out there in the community, although they were still convicted, right, of this to try to make the argument, well, she must have consented. We were not there. So we do not know what happened in the moment. What we know is that these two people had their day in court and they were found guilty after a jury listened to their testimony, they listened to her testimony and they did not believe them. It makes it worse that he's a police officer, yes. He's since been fired from the RCIPS. The young lady, the victim was a close friend of his girlfriend, which is Lynch. She worked at WORC. I'm guessing they've now fired her as well. The victim says that she was tricked into a sexual encounter in a car against her will. Both of them sexually assaulted the woman while the car was in motion, preventing her from getting out. What a mess. Well, Lynch got four and a half years because the judge gave her a little bit of consideration um, for the fact that she's a mother of two children. So she got a little bit of a sentence off again. To be quite honest, um, She, she, you know, she's lucky, really. <sighs> Aggravating factors, including a degree of planning by the couple. 
The fact that it took place in a moving vehicle, leaving the victim no means of escape. A breach of trust, given the victim and Lynch were close friends. Marshall being a police officer. So he should have known better, the prosecutor said. He's in a position of general trust. He was a complete stranger to the victim. Yeah. This is horrible. Now, here is the backstory that y'all may not know. The victim was actually reluctant to come forward and did not report the assault directly to the police initially. But she told a close friend of hers who happened to be a police officer. And then he told her that she should make a report. And in fact, I think he went to the, um, oh gosh, professional standards unit first to ask about, you know, what, what should she do? And they said she should file a police report. So this isn't someone who even, you know, a lot of you question, well, why don't they tell the police? You just don't understand how victims, you know, she was confiding in her friend and he happened to be a police officer. Now here's the craziest thing about this. The friend that she confided, confided in happens to be a Bayesian police officer. And so is this guy, uh, Marshall, Anthony O'Neill Marshall, right? And um, Marshall, <laughs> I guess Bayesian officers, I don't know how many there are on the force, but apparently they all decided to hold rank with Marshall. Now, th th this to me is really, really disturbing, right? And like I said, I don't know, I don't think there's a lot of Bayesian police officers in Cayman, but I guess there's a handful. And so, um, you know, whatever. Say there's 10 or 20 of them. I don't know how many are in the force. They all hold rank with Marshall. And they actually, the, the friend that she confided in, who's the officer, they actually have iced him out. You know, it's a small community. Bayesians have Bayesian association parties. And they have a special charter that sends people back home once a year or twice a year, whatever. The officers actually iced out the man who did the right thing. If y'all need to understand how wrongdoing in this community is upheld. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Did y'all hear what I just said? They put him on ice. They iced him out. They don't want to talk to him no more because he did the right thing. I think there was like one officer, one Bayesian officer who's like, nope, I, you know, there's not got nothing to do with me. I'm going to still talk to this guy, whatever. Everybody else is like, they're not going to talk to him. They don't want to work with him, blah, blah, blah. Because he, the victim confided in him. And then he said to her, after speaking to the professional standards unit, you need to go to the police and file a police report. This case probably would have gone nowhere if it was just left up to the victim because she was so confused, even about her own rights and didn't know what to do. So she was encouraged. It says the victim still suffering from fear and anxiety, felt betrayed by her friend. Here, here it is hot mess now. According to the Crown's case, 
Text messages had revealed that Lynch had organized a sexual encounter as a birthday gift for Marshall. She's trying to make her, her boyfriend happy with a threesome. You cannot have a threesome where the third party in the threesome is not consenting to it. What a mess. It's really sad. Um, well, some birthday party, a sentence of, of jail time now for both of you. Imagine. Uh, I'm guessing that Marshall will be deported. Somebody had said to me that they thought she had married him to try and get him to stay during all this trial and stuff like that. I don't know if that's true or not, but she would be fooled to do such a thing. But anyway, they both can go as far as I'm concerned. Mm-mm-mm. So on Friday, if you missed Friday's show, I guess you might want to go back and click on it on social media. We did a whole um, segment this young lady called into the program about her prison officer boyfriend who apparently has a whole other life that he's trying to live his best life. Hmm. And some of you, um, listen, we're all into the sus. It's interesting, whatever, however you want to look at it. But listen, these are real people. That baby is a real baby. Now he's only seven, eight months old. He don't know what's going on yet, but it won't be long before he's going to be very much aware of the predicament that adults have placed him in. And he has this absentee father who sometimes feels like he doesn't want anything to do with him. What did he say in one text message? Oh, I don't want that to do with the baby. I'll give you some money and that's it. You know, you can't force me to love this child. It's not whatever. What a, what a piece of work. So after the show, I guess a lot of prison officers are up in arms because now we're going to be looking at them with a, with a cross eye. And anybody is capable of this type of behavior, don't get me wrong. But I do believe that there's a high degree of it between the police force and the prison. Like the uniform services are very attractive jobs for certain people. And they're not upstanding individuals by any stretch of the imagination. And so they go on with the most ridiculous behavior. So y'all had the audacity. I don't know which one, which fool it was from the prison to call this woman. Oh, you making a whole prison look bad and this and that and blah, blah. How can she make anybody look bad? She made one person look bad unless you're saying that you're in the same boat as Mr. Chris Hanna. Then you all should be looking bad. Now you're under undue scrutiny. Well, if you're not doing and engaging that kind of behavior, what really is it that you have to worry about? I'm just curious. And there was a lot about her story that was very, very disturbing. And while some points, parts of it might be entertaining, it is a sad indictment on us as a community that we have men here living in this country, marrying Caymanian women mostly, who are engaging in all these extramarital affairs and having children that they cannot and will not take care of financially. And then they have the audacity to also say that they're not even going to love the child 
because it's not always about the money. That they don't want relationships. They're creating broken homes. And I tell you time and time again, one of the biggest contributors to our social ills, crime, criminality at its core, are these very broken, dysfunctional, chaotic homes that people come from. So don't laugh too long at the situation because it's actually not funny. It is sad. And he talks about in one message, oh, he was just in it for a little bit of fun. But in your desire to have fun, look at what you have created. Look at what you brought this poor child into. And that is not funny. And his wife, his Caymanian wife, who sits back, and if you listen to the story, she is part of the problem, allowing him to remain here and engage in this kind of behavior, out there lying to women until a child becomes a product. This is supposedly now his third outside child. At what point do you put your foot down and say, no, you're not going to ruin my life like this. You're not going to ruin the lives of all these children. And you're certainly not going to continue to contribute to the social ills in the Cayman Islands. Pack your bags and go. Is it too much to ask that we have some type of standards? Like, I'm not even going to get into the, y'all are fornicating, adulterous, having relations. I'm not even going to get into that. I'm going to let you have that sin. Knock yourselves out. But honestly, when you're looking at bringing an innocent child into the mix, that's kind of where the buck stops with me. I'm like, don't do that. He refused to use protection. Then you stop engaging in sexual relationships with him. Sounds like he is forcing himself on her by the way that it was described. That's disturbing because that's rape. At some point, we've got to have some degree of standards, something. When it comes to poor children, poor innocent children, why are we mixing them up in all of this? Adults making poor decisions impact the lives of children. Morning, Miss Dorothy. Miss Donna says, well said, Sandra. Cameron says, nothing new, Sandy. You pick up licks for speaking the truth. We just love the badness. Chantel says, disgusting is what it is. Uh, Selvin says, that's why we're having so much, so many accidents on the road. Because people are driving around having sexual relationships in cars. Well, I, I would dare say that that's probably not happening as often as you think. <laughs> I hope not. Um, but, you know, it really is disturbing. Chantel says that's why children can't tell the truth. They're afraid of being iced out with their peers. Yeah, I mean, we're setting all kinds of bad examples for kids. It really, really is uh, quite disturbing. No one wants to look at the big picture and see how they, us, we, I, individually are contributing to some of these societal problems that we have. My God.
And I must tell you that I live a very, up to a certain extent, I feel like I do live in a bubble sometimes. Although people tell me all kind of stuff and people send me stuff, and I see a lot. There are times when it become becomes obvious to me that I live in a bubble. And man, oh man, oh man. On Friday, it became obvious to me that I lived in a bubble. I had no idea about this abortion stuff y'all be doing in Cayman these illegal abortions. Now for the record, I think I've said it before, but just to be very abundantly clear, I am pro-choice. What you want to do with your body should not be the government's concern. And quite frankly, I could see quite logically why a lot of you should not be having children and bringing them into this chaotic world that you have created with these situations. But that's a personal choice for you. I would never be the kind of person that's going to tell you to get an abortion or not to get an abortion. I think that there's certain circumstances where people's lives are at risk medically, that it is a necessity. What I didn't know, and this again shows how naive I am. I mean, I don't have a clue. I've never had the need to get one or to even inquire about one. I don't even know very much about this morning after pill other than, I guess, theoretically what it's supposed to be. Never purchased one in my life. But it seems to me that these abortion pills, which, by the way, that's not what their intended purpose is. It's I was shocked. I was like, what kind of pill this is? So I had a doctor friend after the show bring me up to speed. He explained that it's not designed for that purpose at all. It's actually for, uh, what is it? Peptic acid. um, Oh gosh, what's the name of it again? Ulcers, basically, stomach ulcers. But they have discovered that it has another use, which is it can actually, if taken vaginally, cause an abortion. So you take orally and vaginally and whatever, but here's the problem. The, when you're using it for the illegal purpose, the dosage that you're taking is dangerously high. And that's why this woman almost bled to death and other women have found themselves being killed by these illegal abortion pills. So when they give it to you for the purposes of a um, ulcer, You don't take anywhere near the dosage that you would if you're trying to abort a child. And the physician said to me, listen, even in gynecology, obstetricians, gynecology, OBGYN, they have recognized that it can be used to cause a miscarriage because basically when you insert it intravaginally, it causes a cervix to open up and it's just going to empty the uterus, which is where the child is, right? That sometimes they use it, like if a woman um, isn't, uh, she's supposed to be in labor, but she's she's late and she's just not having the baby, they use it for that. Or sometimes if they do have to induce um, an abortion, but they know the dosage to use it in. They know the risks that are associated. You're in a controlled environment. You're in a hospital under the care of a physician, a team of physicians, whatever. You're not at home by yourself doing this with your police wannabe, sometimes prison officer boyfriend. 
it is a very, very dangerous situation. So then after the show, I had other people reach out and said, Sandy, you've never heard of this? And I said, no, honey, child, I don't know anything about this drug. Something that's available worldwide. Apparently, they must bring them in here. Because if you go to a physician here in Cayman, you can't just be like, oh, can I have this pill? They're going to be like, uh, what do you need it for if you don't have an ulcer? Mm-hmm. But I understand that there are people right on Eastern Avenue, and you know who you are, that are selling this without any kind of medical expertise. They're just shopkeepers. I was like, what? And they will sell you this stuff with no regard for your health, the health of the baby, or anything else. Y'all need to be careful. So I had, a, I had a grandmother say, oh, yes. My granddaughter's mother did the same thing years ago. She tried to abort this child, and now the child is you know, mentally handicapped for the rest of its life because it didn't work fully. And she ended up having the child and now the child has severe health issues. And I thought, oh my God, this is why you don't play around with certain things. I couldn't believe it. This has opened up a whole can of worms and a whole other discussion that we need to be having. Yes, my dear child, some man on Smith Road and others, I'm sure, bringing them in from Honduras and selling them upwards of $900 for four tablets. Wow. Even at four or $500, y'all are getting ripped off because they don't cost that much. But of course, because there's a whole black market for it, it's whatever the market will bear. It's a very, very dangerous thing, y'all. You, you would be better off getting on an, a plane and going to a jurisdiction where it's legal and you can be under the care of a physician who can do it the right way. Just pure madness. Val, good morning. Uh, Val says, read this story. Did the lady ask the prison officer who the mother of the child was uh, when they went to the sports game together, did that not make her suspicious he was married? Did she know about the other children? So apparently, um, I can't answer the first one. I mean, obviously she knew that that was his son. But, you know, these guys lie about, oh, they're separated or they're not married or whatever. But she only found out about the other children subsequent to um, her child. So then she found out he had other outside children. I'll ask the question of her about the first bit, though. But listen, without a doubt, um, I think that she was naive at best. Willful ignorance, which happens to a lot of people. But come on now. How many of us have not been in situations, especially when it comes to affairs of the heart, where you just didn't want to believe that this person was lying to you? Even if other people are telling you, you were like, no, but they told me this story. Hey, I can raise my hand. We have all been there. They tell you this story and you want to believe them. Right? Uh, Val says, um, how was she able to get in contact with the wife? 
Well, after all of it started popping off with the DNA and whatever, the wife stepped very much into the picture and made herself available. And yeah, the baby is really cute, but imagine the life he's going to have now. I mean, I'm not even sure the baby's going to be able to stay in Cayman, to be quite frank. And you know what, what these men do? That's why they like to have side chicks that are from particular places, like their own countries, Jamaica, because they know the child is not going to be able to stay on her salary of $7 an hour. So then the child is forced to go back to Jamaica, right? Where he will have no contact with the child, do nothing for the child, and that's that. And I want to say that the courts here in Cayman can only enforce, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they can only enforce judgments and child support for children who are actually in this jurisdiction. So these guys think that they're smart. They're hoodwinking you. Yes, they're your own Jamaicans, but they know the system and they know how it works. Another mother reached out to me. I kind of mentioned this briefly on Friday where her husband has said she had to choose between him and the 15-year-old child. And you know what is so funny? The mother said to me, she was asking for my advice, like, what do you think I should do? Uh, he's left the home, and now he doesn't want to pay any bills. I said, but hold on a second now. You can't just jump up and leave the matrimonial home and leave your wife and children stuck with no financial support because you've decided to move out. I said, he has still got to make a contribution to the household. And furthermore, because of your marriage, you are allowing him to stay in this jurisdiction. You know that once you're separated, you're supposed to notify work, right? Immigration. And inform them that although you're not technically divorced yet, he has left the matrimonial home. Because they will strip him of his rights to work real fast. And the quicker they do that, probably the better. Because y'all stay married to these fools for far too long and then they're able to continue getting the benefit of remaining in this country and being able to work in any profession they wish because they're married to Caymanian y'all need to get together now these marriages of convenience need to go and if he has moved out of the household and his first thought was he's no longer going to support his family you know he was never no good I hate to tell you the truth but it is what it is. He was never no good from the jump. So then the, then the wife says to me, you're not going to believe where he works. I said, oh, Jesus, 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 take the wheel. I said, is he a prison officer? Yes, Sandy. I said, mm-hmm. And yet they want, to, they want to now say that, oh, Sandy's unfairly picking on them. No prison officer is not no good. 75% of you not no good. I'll give you a little bit. 80% probably. I said, oh, go figure. Why am I not surprised? Morning, Miss Charlene. Miss Charlene said the majority of both police and prison officers need a thorough investigation, especially those prison officers at HMP. They're carrying on with all sorts of things. Name and shame them, yes. Good morning, Gabby. She says, then these men lie, get women pregnant, and put the woman at risk because now she has to decide if she takes the risk and gets rid of it. Yeah, it's, it's, 
a serious situation. Um, so Olive says, good morning, Sandy. Erica didn't marry that officer. She's already married, even though she and her husband have been separated, not divorced. Erica is someone I know, and honestly, I'm so shocked at Erica's behavior. But sad, but that's how it goes when you stay in church and try to play with God. Shaking my head, I really feel bad for her. Um, but she's an adult and should know better. Worse, she was a child of God and should know right from wrong. Miss Olive, I don't know, boy. Trying to give her her boyfriend a birthday gift. As he was into the freaky freaky. Uh, Stacy says nine day talk. That's how they look on it. No remorse, no respect for human fun, for human fun over now. And there's a baby that will grow without a father shaking my head. Um, Val says it's the first time I heard about them too. Heard about the morning after pill, but clueless about anything more than the name. Use birth control, stop making unwanted children. Well, she was saying that she was in birth control, um, but he needed to to also use some form of control, which he was refusing to do. Boy, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things that can impact um, how effective birth control is, of course. So as a woman, you need to make sure that you're aware of those things. And... Um, you know, take steps accordingly. Dean Sinclair says, my Abba father, look at what your beautiful creation has become. Must be so, so some nasty fragrance to our creator's nostrils. Well, child, I guess he must've known what he was creating. A hot mess. Gabby says, and again, because of their occupation, you wouldn't think they would lie. Marshall says they just need to stop having unprotected sex with these no good men. Vicky says those church men are the worst. <laughs> oh. So I'm uh, speaking of church men. I heard that Pastor Clark, after we called him out on this program for um, encouraging bad behavior, talking about a mishap that he got back up in the pulpit and he sort of apologized, but I'm not too sure if that was really an apology about, oh, he shouldn't have been speaking on the situation with Mr. Bush and um, this and that. And he may have misspoken and, and he didn't mean to insult the premier or some, some foolishness. So I heard through the grapevine that one of y'all churches, and I suspect it's the same one down in Swamp, decided to call um, the premier and ask him to speak to me. Let me set the record straight while we're talking quite honestly this morning. Um, Pastor Clark, do I need to call you? Do I need to find your number and call you and slap you upside the head with the good Holy Bible? By the way, I found my Bible. Where did I put it, Stacy? Where's my, oh, where did I put my Bible? I had it tucked away. That Bible was given to me, my dear beloved uncle with his fancy, the fanciest handwriting, almost like calligraphy. And I have it tucked away for safekeeping. Don't quite read it anymore because I can look everything up online that I need to see. And so um, it's already 30 years old and I want it to last at least another 30 years. But I would take it out for a special blessing of Pastor Clark. 
So I heard that some church, I never heard exactly who, but this could be the only church that'd be so fool enough to call the premier and, and ask the premier to, um, can you speak to Sandy and ask her to back off of us, the church? We're so innocent. Oh, please help us. I was like, what? First of all, you are you are sorely misguided. Exactly. Vicky, say like the PM is your daddy. <laughs> If you think the premier has any control over me, you're crazier than I don't know who. That's just dumb. Premier Panton doesn't control me in any way, shape, or form. Okay. There might be times that he himself has to call me because he heard that the discussion's going to pop off and he's like, oh, Lord, Sandy, what's this? And you know what? I have to be honest with him when he makes such a request. I say, well, premier, you already know. Your request is in file 13 and it shall be denied. <laughs> I said, however, your concerns have been duly noted. That's how he tells them. Your concerns have been duly noted. And maybe I won't be as hard as I could be, but the truth will still be told. So for the record, the premier doesn't control me. Okay. Not even my daddy controlled me. All right. Nobody don't control me. That's not how this works. The truth can't be controlled. The truth can't be contained. It must just fly free, honey child. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have something to tell me that you shouldn't call me yourself, because if you had any real scruples about you, pastor, you pick up the phone, everybody knows my number by now, and you call me yourself, and you and I can have a conversation. There's no need to be afraid of me. I don't bite people. That's Mr. Bush. That's not me. Okay? I might tell you the truth, which might hurt your feelings or you mightn't like, but I do not bite people. Capiche? Are we all on the same page? <laughs> Vicky says, dumb for real. <laughs> the truth hurts. Yes, child. They be going on the most ridiculous kind of way. I try to, I'm trying to do a little collaboration actually with the premiere and something else. I'm going to update you guys on that once we have um, a few other things sorted out. Dean says, Sandy, you're underage. No, child. I'm a big woman. Ay, ay, ay. I tell you. Can you call this person? Can this person talk to Sandy? Can that person talk to Sandy? No, don't call them. Don't bother. 936-2626. We got about 10 minutes left in the show today. You see me keep looking over at my other computer screen. I'm just monitoring a few links in the um on the news feed here. So my beautiful people, Marshall says the shade, the shade. <laughs> My beautiful, beautiful people. Let's just do better. So I was looking at the court list for the week uh, to see all what's coming up. Some interesting things. There's a couple. There's a delivery of a judgment. Um, this one I haven't really been following, but Theodore O'Neill Morgan. Which case was this again? I got to look that one up because I haven't really been following that one, to be honest. Um... 
I don't see what that one's all about. But anyway, that verdict, that judgment is coming up this week. And um, Theodore. Oh, no. That's this guy? What? That's the, that's the actress wannabe guy? Oh, my gosh. What is he in court for again? Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. I better get caught up on this one. Grand court cause list. Because when they do it like this, where they're doing like the sentence and whatever, they don't actually tell you what the offense is. It's so annoying. So just like, um, oh, Theodore, let me see. Dismissal application hearing. Well, it never got dismissed, child, because apparently sentence coming down. What is he in court for? <gasps> I got to find out. Ooh, honey, child, let me get on top of that one. That might be interesting. Mm-mm. Let me, um, let me get on top of that one. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that one is Grand Court. Don't y'all worry. I still don't get the sus. So yeah, I was having a look at the list. The Canova Watson, Canova Norbert Watson and Bruce Blake trial continues. It's a very, very lengthy trial. It's now in its 11th week. Wow. It's a lot. Um, and then there's a lot of stuff going on in summary court as well. <sighs> Y'all should try to stay out of court, Joe. That's all I can tell you. But I know sometimes even innocent people end up in court. I've been there before numerous times. When they got a, a bee in their bonnet for you. Uh, all the family court matters, we get to see those coming up on the list as well. Um, lots of divorces. Oh, Brandon Beckett is back in court. What day is this? This is on Wednesday. So apparently he's in jail still. <laughs> so he'll be joining by Zoom to see if he can get bail again. This is after he breaches his bail conditions. He's looking to get bail again. So you guys remember Brandon, uh, what is his name? Brandon Beckett. He's the one who always beating up women. And so he's beating up the wife and girlfriends and everybody else. And uh, his situation is quite interesting because he can't keep his hands off women. You know, we talk about people have sticky fingers. Well, he has... I don't know what you'd call it. Heavy fingers or heavy hands. He liked to beat women. So y'all women need to stay away from this guy as well because he will not stop until he kills somebody. And even though he had an order, a bail condition to stay away from your wife, he wouldn't do it. But of course, people say she was the problem because she kept going to him and telling him, you know, well, the bail conditions apply to him, not her. So you better believe they put him in jail. And I think he beat her up again anyway. He just can't help himself. 
dude needs some serious therapy. He's got a real problem with women. And when people like him have showed you their true side, you keep messing with them and you're going to end up in a, in a wood box and a coffin. Tiffany is coming up. She's summary court. So she is coming up. Um, I believe the 17th, which is in two weeks. Of course, we will be there for that one. Oh, let me chill. We're going we're gonna to report live from the courthouse steps on that one. On occasion, we do that. Bring you the blow by blow. Yeah, she's claiming she's innocent and self-defense and yaddy, 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 and all kind of foolishness that nobody with any good sense would believe except the committee members. So we will definitely um, keep you abreast of that case. It couldn't last a while, though, because summary court, unlike grand court, Normally, grand court trials, when they begin, they do these like case management hearings and stuff, right? So they're like, how many days are you going to need as prosecution? How many days are you going to need as defense? And they block out a portion of time. Now, sometimes it runs over, no fault of anybody, you know, it runs over by a week or whatever. And then you've got these um, lawyers who have, you know, other trials that they have to start that they've got scheduled for. So it kind of that's what happened with the Renato case. It was supposed to be over, but it ran over by a week. I think he might be in court today again as well. I need to check that one up. So, um, and some record, it doesn't work that way though. A lot of times it's like part heard. So they hear part of it and then they come back in a week or two, hear the other part. And then they take a couple of weeks for a decision. Like it could be drawn out in some record even longer sometimes in a grand court situation. Because normally a grand court verdict comes Fairly quickly, if it's a jury verdict, they go out and they have to come back right away. Judges sometimes take a little bit of time because they might say, you know what, I want to take a week or two to go through all the evidence that has been before me. And because it's um, a judge's decision is up for a potential appeal. Normally, you don't appeal jury decisions, right? So a judge has to give written reasons as to why they've come to their decision. So they need more time to write those. That's grand court. Summary court is different. Um, but a lot of times in summary court, they still write up something. It's just not as detailed as what would be required in, uh, in grand court, right? So yes, Tiffany's trial is coming up. Thanks for the reminder. We will most certainly be there. Um, yeah, Brandon's in jail now, but he keeps getting out. Um, I'll find out about Theo Morgan. I'm not sure. I need to find out what the charge is. So no, Parliament is on Friday. I'm assuming CIG, CIG TV will carry it, which means that we will simulcast it as well. <laughs> Val says that um, that guy needs to buck up on Tiffany. You know, what happens when you get two crazy people like that? When you get two two crazies like um, what's his name, Brandon Beckett and a Tiffany Conley, somebody can end up dead, honey child. Like that one, like the girl stabbing up the guy. That's what happens. The girl who stabbed up the, her, then she found out she's pregnant for him. The Spanish girl, remember up in Northside? Yeah. When you get two volatile people who both of them go hard like that, stabbing up each other. Um. Yes, honey child. Somebody just sent me a link. Vibes Cartel's attorney found guilty of professional misconduct. Yeah, please. Um, no overtime today. Um, Chuck was just asking me if I needed an overtime. I said, nah. 
No overtime today. Um, so someone says, no, he didn't tell me about the mother at all. Um, so to be clear, um, Val, this is in your question for the um, the young lady there. So just didn't mention it. And I guess she wasn't really asking no pilot questions. Uh, people do have children. They do have sons and daughters and not necessarily um, with the mother. So I guess that's what she assumed it was. All right. So Renata's trial is not listed for this week as counselor involved in another trial. So we'll keep an eye on when he comes back up. And that's what we got for you today, folks. Um, yeah. All right, y'all have a beautiful, absolutely gorgeous day. Be safe out on the roadways, and we'll be back tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 